0: It's good to see you guys. Um, Normally, it's Kyle standing here. (laughs) Um, So for those of you who don't know, um, Kyle is actually across the ocean right now. He's over in Europe on his honeymoon. So we're going to have a little bit different Sunday um, if this is your first time. It's not typically what it looks like, but we're really excited because we have our guest speaker here, Ron Morris. And uh, Ron and and the Nelsons, uh, they go way back, um, apparently uh, back to... A long time ago, Taryn was a, a camp counselor, I believe, for one of his children. So, uh, yeah, so no, they, they've got a lot of chemistry and, uh, you know, kind of in, in belief with our authentic community uh, value. We are just really stoked to be hearing from pastors from other churches in the area. Um, Ron has planted a church here in Jacksonville for how many years now? Uh, 17, years. 17 years. So it's it's just super exciting to to hear from somebody that's that's been here and has been in the trenches, if you will, for 17 years doing this. and uh, So I'm just going to invite Ron up to the stage, and he's going to bring the word, and it's just going to be a really exciting. Appreciate it, man. Not a problem, man.
1: Good morning. Good morning.
0: It just means that I'm old. That's all that that means, is
1: that I've been around for a while and uh, getting older by the second. Yeah, um, actually, uh, I've known, I, haven't, I didn't know Kyle until uh, actually they moved here to Jacksonville, and um, but Taryn, uh, Taryn's parents actually worked for my brother. Uh, he pastors in Largo, Florida, and uh, and her parents were associate pastors for my brother for years. And they pastor, I guess, now over in Mayo, Florida. That there is a town called Mayo, Florida. And um, so and actually, don't tell anyone we're recording right now, aren't we? Maybe I shouldn't say this, but that's okay. Taryn dated my nephew for a while, so. <laughs> I think that's before Kyle, though, but that's, that's a good thing, so um, hopefully, you know. Hey, I'm going to pull this up here for a second. I'm a little taller, as you might be able to see. So uh, I, um, if, if you don't mind, I'm, I, I know you guys are real casual, and so I'm very casual. My wife warned me, said, uh, you know, don't go say. She's actually speaking for me this morning. We're finishing up a series this morning. Fifty Shades of They, and so, um, so she's finishing that up for us. And so I'm here with you, and glad to be here with you. But she warned me as I went out the door. She goes, "Don't say jackass in front of the people, because uh, um, I don't know if that's allowed." We're, we allow that in our church, so it's because it's scriptural. It's in the Bible, so we allow that. So last week I got carried away and I said it too many times. And, uh, so she was a little upset at me and she goes, so don't use that. So I didn't say that. So just wanted to let you know that I wasn't going to use that today. So, um, but anyway, I, um, I'm kind of just me and, uh, I know y'all are used to casual and me people. So hopefully that translates to you today. And, uh, and I just, I love when, you know, the Bible says when two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of us. And so that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, when i hang out with people at Starbucks or wherever we go to have a cup of coffee, and there's two of us believers together, the church is assembled. And so uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, we did 17 years ago, 17 and a half years ago, we moved here. My my third child, uh, I'll be 50 this year, and so I moved here after 10 years of youth ministry. And I actually grew up in this city. I graduated from high school here. I moved here when I was 7 years old, then went off and ministered in different states and cities and stuff and my, met my wife up at school and um but anyway we had we had a couple daughters and we had just had our first son he was six weeks old and we moved here and uh and so uh, moved back home for me and uh and really just honestly just came and and wanted to create a different church and so we started ministering to people that hated church and so that was real cool um, and just had all kinds of people at our house and, and our living room. So we've been everywhere in the city with buildings and losing buildings and all kinds of stuff, and, and, and people we've won back to the Lord, and now they attend a, a larger church here in town. And, and we're like, that's cool. You know, we're just about the body of Christ, and I know that's what you guys are about. And so um, we just want to find people to, to know the Lord, that help them know the Lord and, and encourage them. And so, um, you know, our congregation has been bigger and our congregation's been smaller, and so, uh, you know, I know you guys grasp that. And, and it's all about the body of Christ coming together and really acknowledging who He is and us growing in our relationships. And so I thought when I came here this morning, I thought, you know, I want to share something with you that can relate and encourage you and maybe build you up. And I know uh, Kyle's been in a series here just recently, and so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to touch his series stuff, but I just want to share with you this morning because I don't know about you, but even... At my, as my age is accelerating, and all of our ages are accelerating, by the way. Uh, I may be a little more chronologically gifted than some of you. And, um, so, but as it's, as it's going and as it's going, the more I've learned in life is that you know, we all get stuck at times in our lives. We get stuck, uh, whether it's because of sin, whether it's because of just situations and circumstances that happen in our life, Uh, you know my uh, it's been kind of amazing my uh my I have two older daughters uh, one that'll be 25 years old uh next month and then my youngest son will be 14 next month and so I have five kids the father of five and 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 then my kids and, and kids teach you so much about life and about God and help you back off of things that you thought were so strong about. But, you know, it's kind of amazing. I've watched my oldest daughter years ago, uh, probably about 10 years ago. She was bitten by a snake in our backyard of our house. And so we spent three days in in intensive care with her. And then about uh, three or four years ago, both my daughters were in a a uh, horrific car accident right out on San Jose Boulevard and just broadsided and ran them into the, the sidewalk. And, um, uh, and so, you know, had to life flight them down at the trauma center and, and some words that you never want to say when you go to the emergency room was my daughter was just life lighted in and, uh, and everyone kind of backed away from me like, uh, you know, we'll let this guy go first. And so, you know, spent, uh, about 10, 12 days at uh, Shans down there and, and you know, had punctured lungs and ripped open their, uh, the seat belt had torn her, uh, one of my daughter's, her intestines and stuff. And, and so it was just really amazing thing, broke her back. And, and we own a dance studio, and they teach the dance studio. They, they do all the instruction. And so it was really kind of amazing, and then a brace for three months. And, and I look at all that stuff, and it's sometimes, sometimes in life, tough circumstances Will cause you to get stuck in the middle of it. Maybe we go through a divorce or we go through financial loss or we go through whatever it is in life. Uh, and as I said, maybe sin issues that we deal with, and we kind of get stuck in there. And we, or someone, guess what? People make up the church, and people are always people. And so someone at church even might hurt us and might do something wrong to us. It may destroy our faith at times, it seems like, and we get stuck in those situations. And I think it's, as I've gotten older, the quicker I can get unstuck, the better I can live life. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today, about getting unstuck and and moving from the mundane aspects of life and moving into a vibrant life with Christ because we're always going to have opportunities to get stuck. And, and I thought, you know, when I was younger in life that if I could just go down to an altar. I've grown up in church. I've been going to church nine months longer than I've been alive because my mom and dad, the week I was born, dedicated me to the Lord. And, and, and so I've always been a part of church and always been a, been a part of this thing. And yet I thought, man, if I can just go to an altar and just pray one time, it'll fix all the issues in life. And it doesn't work that way. Because all the issues in life always come at us and always keep attacking. And, and even when my grandfather was in his 80s and, 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 and he had been a man of faith and I'd seen miracles take place in his life, and, and it was amazing how even at that point of his life, the enemy was still attacking him in his life. And so we have to deal in our lives with an enemy, and then we have to deal at times with the enemy that we struggle with. And so how do we get unstuck from those things? And so four simple things I want to share with you that, that I hope will help you today and encourage you. I don't know if you've come here and you're, you're like, you're right, man, I'm, I'm kind of in a rut. You know, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I'm just kind of stuck in this mode where I'm not going anywhere because God wants us, as he says in scriptures, to live life and life more abundantly. Not just getting by, not just live, you know, not just existing. And so point number one is this, I think when we get stuck in our lives is is that we need to recognize or remember actually that the world isn't about you. You know, um, I have a default mode, and I think we probably all have a default mode, is that everything's about me. Is that when things go wrong, it's wah, 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 wah. And it's all about me, you know. And so we kind of focus in on the selfish part of who we are. And that's a natural tendency for all of us is that we're selfish people. We want our needs met. We want our stuff taken care of. We want me, 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 me. And we live in a society of me, me, me. And we live in a society of now, now, now. And, and we've got to really grasp this concept and remind ourselves at times that this isn't about me. First Chronicles 29:11 says, "Yours, O Lord, is the greatness. It's the power, the glory, the victory and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. This is all God's. O Lord, this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Revelation 5, 3 and 13 says, And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Everything about life is about Him. So wherever you are in your walk with the Lord today, wherever you are in the situations that are going around you and the circumstances that are happening to you and the the attacks upon your life and all of the negativity maybe the accidents like i had to deal with a few years ago with my daughters or the issues of finances and struggles in our life or the issues with i'm dealing with myself it's not about you it's about him even as we serve in church you know, great team here this morning, and and putting everything together, and 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 filling in for the pastor and his wife, and doing all this great stuff. This isn't about me speaking here. It's about God's kingdom being advanced. It's about everything is about God. You know, people get caught up, and and you know, there's a new segment of the Left Behind movie that's coming back out again. You know, and and there's been however many 25 30 million copies of this book left behind that's been written and people get consumed with about end times end times and end times for some of us end times might be today you know what i'm saying and so really why do i need to get caught up of when the lord's am i serving god today and reminding myself this is this thing isn't about me i've watched generations pass And watch people pass from this life and watch my grandparents who serve the Lord and watch my mom who now doesn't even remember my name. She's an Alzheimer's patient. And so we have to remind her who we are when we go to see her. And and all that stuff take place. And I'm like, man, why is this happening to my family? Why is this happening to my family? Remember, this isn't about her. It's not about my dad. It's not about me. It's not about any of the stuff that I face in my life. This is about God. This is his world, and we have this privilege of being in this walk with him, and it's not always about me. And we have to we have to fight that default mode of self, 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 and fill ourselves with God. I'm I'm, I'm sacrificially giving, and, and I got to tell you, you know, being like I said, a, a person that's been in church all of his life and serving, I'm i 'm a lifelong drummer i 've been playing drums for forty two years and um, and ever since i 've been playing you know in my family we we grew up we we were one of these families we traveled around and sang and we made albums and stuff and we, we we were based here in Jacksonville and we would every weekend about fifty weekends out of the year we would we had a bus and had all this equipment we 'd load up our stuff and and um we would, we would get on our bus and we would go to churches throughout Florida and Georgia. And then in the summer, we'd take long tours and we'd go up uh, further north. Every weekend, we did that, traveling and singing and singing and traveling. And eventually, when I graduated from high school, we stopped that year. I'm the youngest of five kids. And so we stopped that year, and, uh, and I really got mad at God. I thought, that's what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And people would ask me to come. Matter of fact, there's a pastor here in town. He had a little band. He was an associate pastor at the time, and he had a band, and and, uh, he asked me to come play drums for him. And I'm like, well, I'll come play, man, if you'll pay me, you know, because I'm tired of playing for free. I'd played for free for my dad for 12 years, you know, and I'm like, I thought I was somebody, you know, is what I was thinking and, uh, and we kind of get this negative vibe at times in our life. And, and I went off to school, and, and I wouldn't play for any of the groups there and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not for free anymore. And, you know, I, I thought I was really something. I really kind of got a, a nasty attitude about it and, you know, really upset at God. And, and, it, and it's easy, even in our serving for God, that we can think it's about us. Even when we're doing good stuff. We need to remind remind ourselves that it's it's not about me, it, that none of the, anything that I do is about me, and and that's what kind of gets us unstuck at times. When you remind yourself, your 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 attitude changes towards stuff, and things change about the circumstance. There's a uh, an old saying, and I guess it's actually from South Georgia, my dad worked at a place downtown and he came into work one day and there's this little secretary there and he's, and she was acting all depressed and upset and everything. And he said, what's wrong? And she said, uh, I got the mully grubs. Anyone ever heard of the mully grubs? That's, that's a South Georgia term or something. She was from South Georgia and we we're like, mully grubs, the, mully? but it's just, you know, kind of depressed and kind of upset and just, you know, the dregs, whatever you want to call it. She had the mully grubs, but you know, we get the mully grubs in our lives at times and we get down, and one of the quickest ways to get out of the mullygrubs grubs is to remind ourselves it's not about us. Number two is this. We need to recognize our struggles as a gift. Recognize our struggles as a gift. I hate, sometimes I just hate to read the book of James. But in the book of James, it says in the first chapter, Verses two and three, and I read this out of the message. It says, "Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors." That stinks right there. I got to tell. I, there's some scriptures you know you read and you're like, "Man, that I don't like that." I don't like, but but notice that it says this. It says when tests and, and I learned this in English class. When I've actually listened when I was in school, that when they put an S on the end of it, it means more than one. You know, you ever catch that? And challenges, it has an S on it. You know, but both when tests and challenges, there's not just one test of life, there's not just one challenge of life. It's ongoing, ongoing. And all of those things in our lives are there and they're designed. God's not necessarily making them happen to you. But there are opportunities for us to grow. There are opportunities for our faith. Because listen, when my daughters were in this horrible accident, and I went into the emergency room at, down at UF Shands Hospital there, and I walked in, and I walked over to one of the attending physicians. And I've got one daughter that they've rushed up to surgery, and I've got another daughter with a punctured lung, and I'm standing there, and I walked over, and I calmly talked to the doctor, and he stops. And my wife is sitting back there, sitting with my other daughter, and he stops and he says, wow. The doctor says to me, I cannot believe how calm you and your wife are right now. And you got your two daughters in this trauma unit with us. And I said, honestly, it's it's God. I said, you know, I, why am I going to worry? Why am I going to yell? And there were people around us in other trauma parts of the screaming and yelling and hollering. And they were doing all kinds of stuff. And And I'm just like, I'm not. Freaking out here! I'm not going to yell at anyone. I'm not. Gonna, I mean, and they're. Hey, listen, I'm. A, I can yell. I promise you. I'm, that's not because I'm just. My demeanor is that way. I mean, I can be a yeller and ask my children. I can be a yeller. So I mean, it, it wasn't. That. It was just the calming presence of God, because in the middle of your test, in the middle of the challenge, your faith will show. And our default mode was okay, God. When I when someone called me from the rec site on my daughter's phone. And I was actually on another call. And and so I was speaking to my sister who lives down in Orlando. And and I saw it was my daughter's call. And I said, well, I'll just call her back. You know, I saw it on my cell phone. And so I continued the conversation. Then I saw it called me again. I said, well, maybe I need to catch this. Because they had just driven away from the house five minutes before. And so I called. And a man's voice is on the phone, on my daughter's cell phone. And says to me, hey, everything's okay, were his first words out of his mouth. I just picked up this phone in the street. Your daughter has been in an accident. And so we're just we're here down the road. And I said, well, I'm just a couple minutes away. And it was within a mile of our house. And so I said, I'll be there in just a moment. And he goes, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. Everything's okay. And so as I'm traveling on the road and I'm getting to backed up traffic, realizing the backed up traffic is because my kids are in an accident. My phone rings again, and it's my other daughter's phone. He didn't realize they were both my daughter's, and so he's picked up her phone, and now he's calling dad on the cell phone, and so I realized, you know, I didn't even answer it. I didn't worry about it, and I get to the rec site, and it's right on the corner, right where Fresh Market is at Julianne Creek Road, where accidents happen every week there, and uh, right there, and I park in the Fresh Market parking lot, and I get out, and I go walking across, and the ambulance is there, and and I just walked straight into the scene, and I said, hey, I'm their father. And actually, my nephew was driving the vehicle. I said, I'm, I'm dad here. And my daughter, one daughter's in the back seat. My other daughter's just sitting there just kind of moaning in the front seat, and the car is just like an accordion. And my default mode was I crawled into the car, and I laid my hands on my girls, and I said, you shall live and not die. And I moved the paramedics out of my way. And prayed for my girls first, and then I stepped out and I said, "What do you guys need me to do?" And you know what? That's what. And that's not to say, "Wow, what a man!" Of, that's just, man, what came out of me was not fear and worry because challenges and tests come in our life, and it wasn't. A, I'm, I'm scared of the situation. My my girls are in my Lord in my Lord's hands, and I'm trusting Him and I believe in them, and I know the purpose that God has for their lives, and I know the purpose He has for my life. Romans five. Three and four says this, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. This is a long race we're in here, folks. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Listen, salvation isn't about I get to go to heaven one day. Salvation is about right now and eternity. Salvation is about this life that God has for me and life more abundantly life that he has for me. And so I can trust in that. Like, God, you didn't bring me this far to drop me off and, and, and abandon me here. And so I've got to remember and, and, and recognize that the struggles are a gift and they're building something in me. There's a character that's being developed if I'll just allow them to work in my life. And that helps me get unstuck from the issues of life. Number three is this. I've got to regenerate my strength. Regenerate my strength. Isaiah 40, 29-31 says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. Listen that's there's time we get tired tired of trying to live for God. I do. It's easy. I tell my folks this all the time. It's easy to not live for God. I can do that in a heartbeat. I can I can live according to my will and my flesh like that. I can make decisions, let my flesh just dominate me and let my You know whatever I want to do, just control me, and that doesn't stop in my life. But but to live for the Lord, it gets tiring at times. Like man, I mean, my patience is tested and growing weary, and 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 it's easy to get like that and and to grow weary in in what we're doing. Uh, Psalms forty six and one says, "God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble." When when tough things happen when listen we we've been through it you know we've we've been through everything where you know man we feel like god opened a door for us and then the door shut on us and we're like wow really was that a tease you know really was that you know we've had people I'm sure Kyle and Taryn have never experienced this or this church has never experienced We've had people come to us and you know, be a part of Man, we're here with you, Pastor Ron, and we're going to stand behind you. And man, right when things got going tough, they were the first to let me take that knife out of my back you know, and stab me and say negative things about me and abandon me. In the, and I'm like, wow, thank you very much. I could have done without those daggers. You know. And that just happens. And you've had friends like that in your life. You're like, man, oh, yeah, yeah, and tough Things happen, and it's like, thanks, friend. You know, appreciate it. I mean, that's just, it's tiring at times. And then we get stuck in that. And and, and so what we've got to do is, the Bible says that Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, man, hey, Timothy, stir up the gifts within yourself. No one's going to motivate you to get unstuck. Nobody's going to make you do it in your life. You've got to stir up your own strength at times. You've got to muster up the, I've got to keep going. I've got to get up out of the bed. Man, there's plenty of times, you know, I'm laying there in the bed on certain days. And I'm like, I just want to pull these covers up and just lay here the rest of the day and just ditch work and ditch this. And I know i got to, I don't want to face them. I don't want to make that phone call. I don't want to deal with that bill. I don't want to deal with, you know, and it's like, man, I've got to stir up the strength to go for it. And, and that's just part of life and, and part of what God calls us to. And so, so we've got to regenerate our strength, regenerate ourselves, regenerate our ability, and just say, God, you know what? You did place a purpose inside of me. You did place a strength inside of me. And so, God, I stir that up with inside myself. And I challenge myself to keep going and keep moving in that direction and, and, and have the gumption. To walk. This is this is it's as I was saying a few moments ago. If anyone ever said to you that following Christ was oh man it's a breeze, they're liars and they need to go to hell for it. You know what I'm saying? Liars will find themselves in the lake of. It's not easy. This is this is a walk of faith. This is why Paul said, "I have finished the race, man." This is you got to fight the good fight. It's a fight of faith that we that we deal with. And so, you got to fight to believe and to trust and to hold faith in the midst of everything because everything in hell itself, like I said before, the enemy and the enemy is going to challenge us in this walk of faith. And so, we got to regenerate ourselves and renew ourselves and strengthen ourselves. And so, finally, this point number four and the last point is this we've got to renew our hearts and mind to God's way. We have to renew our heart and our mind to God's way. Romans 8, 35, and then verses 38 and 39 says this. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Let me stop right there. If you're like me, when tough stuff has happened, when business failed, when I lost property, you know, I'm kind of old enough to have gone through cycles where I saw stuff, hey, this is great. You know, and being a minister, you know, you have to financially at times make your own way. And so you're in business for yourself a lot of ways, and you're like, Wow, I just watched something collapse and I lost it all. And you have to build it back up. And you think, in the midst of that, and it doesn't matter who you are, but it crosses your mind God, did you leave me here? Did you abandon me this time? Did, did you just kind of walk out on me in the middle of the tough times? And, and you wonder, I do deep inside me as I'm having my own inner conversation. And I'm like, really God? Because, you know, I go through seasons of my life and years ago, you know, I was, I was on staff at a church in Tennessee and it's about a thousand member church. And I was the youth pastor there. And, um, but I also, like I said, I'm a musician. I also led the worship at times, we had a music minister, but uh, he was uh, a part of the, the the university, and so he would have me uh, do and fill in for worship. And we had a, a worship choir with our youth group and all kinds of stuff. and And, and so I can remember in, in growing up in a I grew up in a, a Pentecostal background and charismatic background, and and so i can remember as i learned how to lead worship at times that you know you're on a platform and you're leading a congregation of people and be honest with you at times you can grow accustomed to feeling things and so as i was lead worship i would feel god's presence come into the room And, and to me, it was like a trigger, you know, it was like, okay, I need to do this now. And so, you know, and and we all kind of do this in our life. When you, when you learn something a certain way, there are triggers that take place in our lives in our minds in our hearts. And God kind of doesn't always work with triggers, you know, he'll use them for a period of time, but then he changes the trigger so that we're actually listening to him. And I can remember I was standing on the platform one Sunday, this is 18, 19 years ago, and I was standing on the platform and I was leading worship, and man, just a, a powerful sense of God's presence was in the room. And, uh, and it's not anything you ever take for granted as a leader. And I was standing there, I was holding the mic as I'm doing right now, and, and I sensed the Holy Spirit just moving in the room, and I just stopped and I'm praying to myself. And I began to pray, and I said to God, a prayer that at times I've regretted because when you pray something, God will take you up on it. And I said, God, I said, listen, I don't want to, um, just because I don't want to just always go by this sensation. I sense you. So it makes me want to say this or do this. And I feel like I'm almost manipulating things. And so I don't want to be a manipulator of your presence. And so I said, God, don't, don't allow me to, uh, Always feel this. I want to know when you're speaking. I want to hear your voice, and I want to know that you're speaking to me. and, And you pray that prayer, and you think, okay, good, cool. God's going to speak to you, and you're not going to have to rely. And so then the sensation leaves, and it doesn't come. And you're not really hearing God. And then you're like, what did I do? You know, I kind of messed up this whole thing of how I knew God was there as I felt him. And, you know, for years, it's like this whole thing of I, ha- I had to, God, are you still there? And, and listen, we'll go through this in our walk. With, it doesn't matter if you're at the beginning of this walk with God or you're drawing close to the end of this walk with God. Or you may, you may still even be like, I don't know if I've made a decision to walk with God because I'm not sure about this whole thing. It doesn't really matter. This is how God works. And he'll hear our hearts cry because I said, I want to know you, God. And just like this says, can anything ever separate us, verse 35, from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Then it says in verse 38 and 39, it says, I and I am convinced that nothing, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. At times, I've just had to remind myself, God, and and God will do this for us too. You know, there's this word we used a lot in church when I was growing up, and it's called conviction. And conviction can mean two different things. You can have conviction about something, and you can be convicted about something. And that's a good thing. Because at times when we get stuck, it's because we feel conviction, and we're like, ugh, and we reject it. But conviction is good. Conviction means God loves us. and convict, He convicts us of our sin. He convicts us of our attitudes. He convicts us of the, and it's like that's the Holy Spirit at work. That's him saying, my love hasn't separated from you. The struggle you're going through right now, the stuckness that you feel right now, it's God tapping you on the shoulder going, I'm here. In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your divorce, in the midst of your financial trouble, in the midst of your disease, in the midst of all of the cares of life and the worries of life, I'm here. And so we've got to renew ourselves to say, you know, trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not into my own understandings, but in all my ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct my paths. I've got to put God first and then and, and His way of doing and, and operating in life, and then all these things shall be added to me, the Scripture says. I mean, that's so important for us, to renew my mind to, God, let me not be stuck on relying on my feelings, but let me be renewed and reminded that it's all about you, Everything in life is about you. It's all about walking with you. It's all about growing with you. It's all about developing. God hasn't forgotten what he spoke decades ago. God doesn't forget about when he knitted you in the womb of your mom. It doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter if you're, this is your first day in church. God knitted you together and has a plan and a purpose for your life and God desires. And it doesn't matter how old we are. You know, I'd, I'd let a guy to the Lord that he's 60 years old. And uh, and he goes, man, I feel like I've wasted 60 years. And I said, listen to me. God's able to take the last part of your years and speed it all up to make up for what you missed out on. So God can take all of our mess-ups and all of our stuckness, and if we'll just get unstuck, he'll start l- pushing through the life that he's desired all along. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you today that you never forget us, you never leave us, you never abandon us. And thank you today, God, that some of us, we may be, have come in here today, God, and we, and we do. We feel stuck. We feel stuck in this relationship we feel stuck in this circumstance we feel stuck in our sin that we're struggling with in our lives but God and we feel like you're far from us but God your word declares that you are never far from us that you love us with an unfailing love Lord in the midst of our hurt in the midst of our pain in the midst of our circumstance you've never abandoned us and you never will and so God nothing not even hell itself can separate us from your love We renew our hearts to that today. We renew our our minds to your way of doing and living life. Thank you, God, that today we walk out of here as we commit our minds and our hearts to that, that we're unstuck with anything that's gotten in our way, that we are victorious. God, the word says "When, when you are for us, who can be against us? And so we have victory in you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare it over our lives.